Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Credit Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast when it's been another day with a lot of action uh, over in India. Over 300 runs, 14 wickets, the whole of England's innings, India in a pretty commanding position and a heck of a lot to talk about. Not least, Jasper Brummer's magic spell, either side of tea. I'm Jack Hope, I'm joined by Dan Weston today. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, good, thanks Jack. Yeah, good days, good days cricket, enjoyed it today. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was. It's been pretty good. I mean, it leaves India in a pretty strong position, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of how the match developed, it, it, it could have gone either way. I think until the last couple of hours of play. Um, so, so really engaging. Uh, before we get into things, just a reminder to head over to the Cricket Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else to follow our socials. And if you like the show. Uh, why don't you consider signing up to Patreon? Patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod with deals starting from just four pounds a month. Uh, you can get access to a whole load of extra content. Now, I've realized, Dan, that there's no Max, and Max normally does the day summary. So I'm going to have yeah. to wing this one. Yeah. Uh, we'll, go right, we'll go back to the, the beginning of the day. England had India 336 for six overnight. On the podcast yesterday, we thought that was a pretty good position, but the the general mood, particularly among India fans, I have to say, was that they were a little bit below par. Uh, they pressed on in the morning, but did lose regular wickets with James Anderson taking the new ball and getting it to nibble around and cause quite a lot of trouble. Um, Jaiswal notches his double ton, but India are unable to get over 400 runs, um, finishing at 3.966, which is still... I think on balance, not too bad a score. Uh, in response, England came out as they often do with a, a you know, like like they double parked the team bus and smashed their way up to a hundred. And it looked like they were they were properly in the game. Zach Crawley in full flow, uh, notching just over seventy at a run, a ball. However, 
Uh, things took a little bit of a turn after Crawley fell. Jasper Brimmer came into the game in a big way, getting Joe Root to nick off to slip. Uh, yorking Ollie Pope with an, an absolute snorter uh, of a delivery. Uh, Bearstow followed. A little bit after that, Coldeep came back into the attack. Bold folks in kind of curious fashion before Bumra returned to get to slide one under Stokes's bat and eventually wrap up the England tail. Uh, at that point, India's lead was about 144. I say about 144. I think it was 144 when the, the changeover happened. Might have been 142. And India were well in charge. Um, last 15 minutes of play, India have scored a few more runs. Uh, Jice was still looking good and Rohit also looking ominous. Dan, first question for you. Uh, I think it's been India's day. How much of a good day has this been for India? I think it's been a fantastic day for India. Um, 336 for six overnight, put 60 on for the last four. Probably, probably a touch disappointed with that, maybe. But reducing England from 114 for one to 253 all out. And then sticking another twenty-eight on your on your score by close is is a great day's work on a pitch which I don't think had quite as many demons actually as as a lot of people would have expected. Bumrah outstanding. I mean, talk about the Yorker on Pope was I think ball of the year, let alone ball of the day. I mean, you're going to struggle to find a better a better ball than that in in Test cricket this year. Uh, Unbelievable and, and Pokemane or Pokemon or Pokemane in the comments has already uh, already referred to that that Yorker few uh, unreal unreal um, so six or forty five from Jasper um, probably in my view well no but not probably about it definitely the best all format bowler in the world pace yeah definitely. it's it's nuts um, somebody in a response to one of our comments I think posted his averages so. Not going to attribute this to whoever it was, but thanks on Twitter to whoever did do that. Is it was it twenty point five in tests, about twenty three in ODIs, and down to twenty again in T uh, twenties. Like you can't really yeah. ask for more than that, and, and a serious case to be the best bowler in each one of those formats as well. Like it's it's not it's not just that he's at the top; he might be number one in any given situation across those three formats. Like that's that's an incredible. You know, he's an absolutely incredible player. It's unfair on everyone else to have someone that skillful. And far better economy in every format as well than the average player. Yeah. Particularly, I mean, yeah. that was six, six and a half, I think it is, in T20. Seeing a bowl's of death is just insane. Yeah. Uh, it, it was nuts. I mean, that's spelled before T. I, I think what's amazing about it is the sort of range of skills. Like, this isn't this isn't a guy who who, who does any one thing exceptionally and then other things not exceptionally that's i mean that's a bit of a weird way of saying it every single thing he does is is absolute elite tier he bowls really really fast and he he bowls from closer than the average player as well so it seems even faster than it is he's got immaculate control over line and length i mean like we all know if you if you follow t20 how hard it is to bowl yorkers and and how the game as a whole has moved away from them because of how hard it is to bowl those yorkers but not really for jasper brumrah like he nails them you you barely ever see him bowl an, a knee high full toss or a, or a half volley it's always right in the block hole he can bowl short we've seen him bowl some really fiery spells and he can also drag his length back from that 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 full length and and, and put it on the spot as it were in that in that channel of or in the, in the corridor of uncertainty, to use the cliche. And, and what's amazing is that when he does that, he's able to move the ball in and away at will. I mean, the way he got Joe Root out, it's 
it's it's phenomenal bowling, and obviously it follows on from from another spell of amazing bowling in in the previous match where he got MLBW. Root's thinking about that. Root's an amazing player. He's adapting on the fly, and he's trying to come up with a plan to prevent that dismissal. And Broomer sort of says, "Yeah, all right, mate. Then well, I'll get you the other way," and and does him on the outside edge, nick the slip. Mm-hmm. And what makes that even better? I mean, like everyone, people might think Root has got a weakness on that that off stump line with the ball moving in and away. That I think actually speaks to the strength of Joe Root. That that really is the only way to bowl to him and and to expect over a long enough period of time to to have serious success. And there are so few bowlers who are able to do that. Boomer is one of them, and he and he sets up one of the world's best players who's been in sparkling form for three or four years now, and um, does him like a kipper. And then yeah, you know, like to follow that up with the Yorker is is great I, what i love about that yorker as well you can see when it comes out of his hand pope thinks that's going to be a half volley outside off stump and he, and he puts his foot across to drive it but the mm. the amount of swing back in and, and the way boomer because he gets backspin on the ball the ball doesn't bounce where you think it it will it isn't a half volley and it keeps coming and, and pope falls over and he's he's literally doubled over at the point when he's trying to play the ball head miles outside off stump it's uh it's just an amazing amazing skill from a pretty miraculous bowler isn't it yeah incredible incredible and just does it all the time basically it's 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 not a surprise when Boomer plays like this anymore and uh yeah just consistently world class in all three formats quick question on the um on the chat what's had more impact to this match so far uh Jai Spiles 200 or, or Boomer's bowling um I think actually even though Boomer has been amazing you got to say Jai Spice 200 because it sets the whole game yeah yeah it's great it's a great ton I don't know if you saw Knuckle Pandey's thread on Twitter about I did yeah yeah Yeah. it's really good I'm going to try and paraphrase some of it Um, 12 years ago Yashasvi Jaiswal moved a thousand miles from rural to Pradesh to Mumbai to try and become a cricketer he was 10 years old when he did that moved in with his uncle uh, in in a suburb but the travel was basically too far so he moved and started working in a dairy shop in the middle of the sin- uh, at the city center at 11 so that he could be a bit closer to training um he <laughs> he he lived in the ground staff's tent of the cricket club he was playing at um his parents wanted him to come home but he, he didn't he was there for three years from 11 to 14 so he was a child here uh eventually he managed to get in with a coach called Jawala Singh who uh, had himself had moved from Mumbai to Uttar Pradesh. And so I guess there was a kindred spirit thing there. And and that guy became Jaiswell's legal guardian and and sort of steered him through the, the Mumbai cricket scene. Um, during this time, Jaiswell was selling street food to survive and, and make money. Um, I, don't, I don't think this was full time, but it, it sort of supplemented or, or enabled him to, to focus or, or keep his cricket dream alive. Uh, and eventually... He, he broke through into the sort of Mumbai under-19 side and, and then into the India side where he had that great World Cup and um, made his senior debut at 17. But it's a pretty insane story that this is a guy at 10 years old who had the the this vision. I mean, I don't know what you were doing at t- 10, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. <laughs> doing, doing me 11 plus. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah incredible, incredible, right? Like, just the most amazing story. And and consistently, I mean, we, you see it in the IPL sometimes as well. These these stories are incredible, aren't they, of, of players coming through what is often a really, really challenging environment to break through in into professional cricket. 
and the stories that you, you hear about insanely incredible and shows someone's will will to succeed for him to go down that that road but also the fact that for every Jaiswal who's done that and succeeded there's probably going to be a lot of people who have failed as well and, and we can't forget that too it's 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 a lot of sliding doors moments in to get your breaking in pro sport I think and when you get that opportunity you got to grab it with both hands and he's certainly done that yeah no I, I mean absolutely I mean yeah yeah I was, I was joking earlier on when uh What's his name? Owen Morgan was saying he'd never seen show of Bashir bat and he couldn't find it on the internet as though all these county streams don't exist. And someone in our in our Patreon Discord was saying, well, how does he not know this? And I was like, Owen Morgan is a guy, like he's a great cricketer, but at one stage in his career, he was probably three ducks away from ending up as a PE teacher. Um, you know, it's it is those sliding doors moments and everything has to go right for you. So that that explains why Owen Morgan might not know uh that much about YouTube. Um but Everything is must have gone well, right. And, and, and also, you can, I mean, Morgan, Morgan's probably one of the more astute people in cricket in recent years. But I mean, it also just goes to show perhaps the, the level of preparation that some commentators do as well. Well, um, yeah, that is, uh, I mean, I think that's undoubtable listening to the commentary in this test. Um, earlier in the day, I don't know if you want to talk about Anderson at all. 793 well, wickets for him now. Does what he's good at, does what he does. And it, yeah, what is he? Forty-one years old, and mm-hmm. still taking wickets, going for twos and over. Unreal. And and there's been a few few uh, thoughts about whether England should have played two seamers or whether whether the Indian strategy of of playing two two paces compared to in, England's one was 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 the right decision. Look, both they're very different players, but Anderson and and Bumrah are masters of their craft. Whatever they do, they are, they truly are the outstanding player at what they do, and I don't think that we could we can say okay, well between them they took nine for nine for ninety odd, so definitely we should have played more seamers. I don't think it works like that. Um, no, yeah, but, uh, I think we've got to be. I mean, you only just have to see what what happened to Mukesh Kumar, um, which was a, I, 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 on, on a side note, it'd be interesting to hear. Here's some views on this in the chat or in comments. I don't quite get the hype around Mukesh Kumar. He's he, they seem to be kind of quite driven to shoehorn him into all three formats. But I'm not I'm not a massive buyer of him right now. I'm not saying he can't be a very a very good player in the future, but I just I'm not a buyer currently. And um, yeah, just be interested to hear other people's thoughts on that. Well, if you look at his career stats, he's not young. He's 30 years old, which probably, and you, you'll know more about age curves than than I do, yeah, probably puts him past yeah. the peak for a, a seam yeah. bowler. Uh, 41, first, 41 first class matches, only 155 wickets in those. Quite a good average in that, 21.42. But in the other two formats, there's really not a lot to write home about. I mean, List A cricket averages 38, T20s averages 32 with an economy of 8.64. Um, but yeah, to be playing all three formats does seem a little bit of a surprise. I joked on Twitter that it was cricket's equivalent of a ride along, um, having Mukesh Kumar in in the team for this. But uh, yeah, he's he's there, and it, it's sort of a testament to the ability of Jasper Brumra that you can you can basically just play another bloke and still yeah. comfortably <laughs> comfortably be in command of this test. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from you on what you think about England? I mean, obviously they're not in a great position in the match, but 
Mm. I think our expectation before the series was that England would, you know, their goal should be to play well relative to England rather than to play well relative to India. Do you think they've done a good job in this test? And maybe the first test was a bit of an aberration in terms of things going their way over and over and over again. And and this is, you know, it's an okay performance, but they're up against a great team. Yeah, I think think when we we spoke last week, I mentioned that a lot of the results of the, from the first test in terms of individual performances and, and then as a collective were towards the upper end of expectation for England. Um, and, and and we mentioned about Ollie Pope's four shots and on an, on an average day that derives eight wickets, for example. So divide is 196 by eight, you get like what, tw- mid-20s or something like that, 24 and a half. Um, uh, and, and, and it showed that a lot of things did go right for England in that first test, and 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 probably India lost a lot of the key margins, uh, key key moments as well. I think this is now a bit of mean reversion, um, more in line with expectation of bringing everything down from that first first test into some form of expectation level. Um, I think that the people who were thinking that India were had a bad day yesterday when they scored three hundred and thirty six for six is is pretty crazy. And I think that's a lot of there's a lot of mental baggage for for people from that first game, a lot of what what you might call gambler's fallacy, which is kind of roulette related or stuff where they say, oh well, there's been ten ten reds in a row, so it's got to be red again or got to be black again or something like that, you know. Well, actually, it's an independent event, and I think sometimes now that because of England's fight back in that first first test, everyone's thinking they're going to go and do it again, and and. I think that it's extremely unreasonable to expect that. And and I expect now with a 170-odd lead, I mean, back the whole day tomorrow, you're 500 in front. And, yeah. and, and that's what I would do if I was India, if, if, if I have the opportunity, is not to declare, just to grind England into the ground because they will hate it. They will really hate a day in the field tomorrow. And get 500, 550 in front, maybe even back a session on day four. And then give them some mammoth total to an unwinnable total to chase in five sessions. And do you think India have got the talent relative to England's bowlers to to do this? I mean, the pitch looks like it's holding up pretty well from a batting perspective. Definitely. Um, I mean, we've already seen Joyce well in this series been outstanding. I mean, it's outstanding. And another potential all format great uh, in the next 10 years, um, despite the fact that. Few players such as uh, Shaman Gill, Shreyas Iyer are, are struggling a bit of late. I think we know that they're good. At, they're good players at this level, at least, and in Gill's case, potentially could be a lot better in the future. Um, and I think that yeah, they just need one or two big partnerships, two two century partnerships. They'll get that three fifty odd to get get five hundred in front. Yeah, so it's looking like an uphill task for England. Um, we've been asked a few times. This came up on yesterday's podcast, um, uh, and, and I'll ask it to you now. This was this is from over on Twitter. It's from Chintan. Is it wise for a team to rely so heavily on a single magisterial innings to to win a match? Obviously, talking about Jaisal here and and India's batting performance overall. And I think there are some people that are concerned that Jaisal's innings has papered over cracks in the rest of the India lineup. I mean, I. I I guess the question is, to what extent do you agree with that? Um, I don't, uh, basically. Um, 
it's not like this was pre-planned that we'd all rely on Dyswell to do it. Just like it wasn't pre-planned that England were going to rely on Oli Pope to score 196 and, and basically win them the game in the last test. This, this, this stuff happens as a kind of a probability distribution based on your expected outcome. Uh, and I think it's probably pretty fair to say that, that Pope's 196 was probably a little bit further along the expected curve in terms of the, the unlikeliness of it than Jai Swell's 209, but both of them are extremely unlikely events. Um, that's the same the same token. You could say that every other Indian batter not making over 35 was also different in expectation as well, below expectation. So I, I don't think I don't think I read too much into one guy scoring a load of runs um, at all, to be honest with you. Um, and I think there's a comment in the chat, RM Barr, who says, is just me or without Jai Swell? India would have been one nine two and in serious trouble. Um, you can't look at it like that because you don't know what's going to happen if he gets out for a duck. People might bat differently. You can't. You can't say, okay, well, we'll just take his score off the scorecard and and uh, assume that England uh, England rolled India out for two hundred. I, I think the other thing with this is, like, if you look at how cricket scores are made, team scores are made. Usually, it it is an uneven affair. Like very rarely do all mm. the players in the in the lineup bat exactly to their average, and then that makes up the the collective number of runs. Um, if you look at like, um, well, like look at any famous player, and I was doing this the other day. Like how often they hit a century? Brian Lara, I think it was about one mm. every seven innings. Uh, Sachin Tendulkar, similar, or it was one and eight, one in seven. Uh, Steve Smith's down at about six point two, and I think Kane Williamson is the best in recent times at almost bang on six innings per yeah. ton. That means that five out of six times, these legendary players, these these greats of their nation's history, are not registering three figures. And if the team's going to score, somebody else must be stepping in there. And it's it's really common. Like just look back through some scorecards at, at how this works. It's really common for like two guys to get a ton, and like the next best score to be forty. Um, yeah. But the team score ends up being four hundred, and everyone says, "Oh, really well batted, lads." Like it's. Uh, it's it, it's an uneven game, as, as you say, and and if you think about how innings are constructed as well, at the beginning of your innings, you're more likely to get out. It takes time to get your eye in. Mm. After you've been in for a certain number of balls, you settle down, and you generally you see batters' control improve, and the the number of false shots they play go down. The ball gets a little bit softer. Bowlers get a little bit tighter. That that you've seen what they've got to offer from a batting perspective. Um, so. Yeah, like it, it, the the game is kind of designed like that. So from an India perspective, I what I would be saying is great, like fantastic. We got that innings. Um, it'll be someone else's turn at some point later in the series, right. and we'll 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 rack, rack up four hundred again, because um, it looks like there are runs for the taking against mm. against this England bowling attack. I mean, we've seen what twice now they've got four hundred in three innings. It's it might be one nil in the series, but there's there's strong evidence I think developing that India are going to score quite heavily if we see pitches like this across the series. Yeah, the, the only the only way that England can get back into this match, I think, is to take three wickets in the first hour tomorrow, because India's depth probably isn't great. Akshar's probably a little bit too high up at six. Uh, I'm not sold on KS Barat at all as a Test batter. Um, and, and, and Ashwin adds depth, but not on. Yes, it's not. It's not great depth overall. Uh, and then three bowlers basically. So it, England really need those early wickets. I think the only way India 
give give her any chance of England getting back in this game is by throwing a few wickets away early doors tomorrow. Um, someone in the chat, Abhishek, has asked, "What's Kohli's number of innings played for a hundred? It's it's six point five. Um, I had a look at that as well. So uh, that's really good, by the way. If you're if you're mm. getting a ton every six point five innings, and most people get a fifty for every ton as well, so um, you you're doing all right. If that's um, if they're yeah. if they're the figures you're picking up, uh, Dan, is there anything else you want to talk about? We got we got to cut it a little bit short today because I'm heading off to football. Um, but I'll give you a chance if there's anything." in the game that you think we've missed? No, I think, I think I'm good. I just, I'm looking forward to tomorrow to see how England bowl as well. Um, the spinners took a little bit of treatment in the last, last few overs today and I, and they all went at a high economy in the first innings as well. So let's, let's see how India play England spinners tomorrow. It'd be a fascinating battle. And, and we'll get to see over the next couple of days, whether, uh, the true colors of baseball and the, uh, situations against them uh final thing then uh knuckle and biggie from twitter have asked a very similar question uh which, which basically comes down to do do you think england can chase any target um in the lot final inning so i won't ask that because I, I don't think they can chase any target but what what's the realistic top end upper end of expectation about 300 yeah okay so india got this game well in control uh, thanks very much for for watching and listening, everyone. Um, if you could do us a favour, hit like and subscribe or follow if you're over on Spotify or iTunes and leave a review. We're up to nearly 600 reviews on, on Spotify, so it'd be good if we can get the last 15 this week to, to tip us over into the 600s. Uh, maybe we can catch James Anderson. That would be... <laughs> that would be... We're about 100, we're about 100 behind James Anderson. So uh, that's, the, that's the next goal. Uh, have How a good you? one, Dan. You got a podium. You got a podium finish on the sports podcast. We did. James Anderson. Yeah, we, we mentioned this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We um we managed to finish third um on the, for the sports podcast awards cricket podcast of the year, um, which is which is great. Um, edged out by podcasts with quite a lot of England caps between them. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we're we're Same we're here. quite we're kind of satisfied. <laughs> um, yeah, Fernando. Anyway, last world. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're the Fernando Alonso of the podcast world. Uh, Thanks very much, Dan. Uh, Catch you soon. We'll be back tomorrow with the wrap-up of day three. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.